When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go to the uh, Americana segment. Sure. Uh, um, and that will be in the recording too, so be aware of that. You're good, man. All, All right. right. So uh, I'm going to start off. Um, this is a, a great, great honor and a privilege to be here in front of Tommy Kerrigan, who's a podcaster, uh, who has absolutely blown us away. He has over 800, 812 sessions, podcasts in the last two and a half years, yeah. Tommy. Um, I mean, I've, I've interviewed some people, but not to the extent that you have. Um, so to us who are watching you, you know, some of us think this is a riddle within a mystery, within an enigma. Uh, we've got a 31-year-old here who is interviewing legendary luminaries. Uh, where does he find them? How does he find them? Um, and, and, and moreover, how does he sustain himself? You know, how, how do you monetize this operation? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you some questions briefly. Then we're going to get into the podcast uh, section of, of the interview where you can, you know, give us a few more details, flesh it out for us. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? When were you born? Why were you born? Why was I? Well, I don't know if I can answer the last one. <laughs> uh, born in New Hampshire in 1990. Uh, dad was in business, and dad uh, dad grew up poor, so he took every promotion he got, and he was awesome at what he did. I think I think my dad was like one of the youngest ever VPs of Tyson Chicken, but took different jobs and different promotions, and because of that, we moved around a lot, New Hampshire to... Moved to Arkansas when I was five, back up to New Hampshire when I was nine, Georgia when I was 11, Maine when I was 17, back down to Georgia when I was 18. I went to college at Valdosta State University for two years, and then did my second two years at uh, the University of Georgia, graduated magna cum laude, published research in aquatic toxicology, uh, scored in the top five percentile in the MCAT, got into medical school at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine, scored in the top one percentile in the PCAT, the pharmacy college admissions test got into a medical school and it was like a remote campus in Florida called the Lake Erie College of Medicine. I have no idea why it was in Florida. Um, ultimately decided not to go, wasn't really that happy. And it was facilitated. My not going was facilitated by a couple months after I graduated, uh, April 15th, 2014. My oldest of three brothers committed suicide. And that kind of set the stage for the next several years. A mixture of just having the realization like two months prior that I didn't want to be a doctor, which was this like it was scary. Like I just spent four years just nonstop. Like it made the podcast building the podcast look easy and right. a lot of soul searching and culminating in after like a year and finally realizing like I didn't want to be a doctor and the school I applied to 15,000 students applied, mind you 15,000 like honor students applied a hundred got in. I was one of them. And wow. I took the golden ticket that I worked so hard towards and then sent him an email and was like, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. I had no idea what I wanted to do. It wasn't even like I wasn't even like, I was like, I'm going to be a podcaster. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that that wasn't where my heart was. And so it was right. scary right. and liberating. And then two months later, my brother died. And I was like, so it was a mixture of midlife crisis. Right. I don't want to be a doctor. And then existential crisis, you're faced with death. Those two intertwined into a deadly cocktail of just right, having all right. the fun I didn't have in college, as well as right. medicating myself, which led to me gaining like 70 pounds, long, greasy hair, every drug I could get my hands on. And after about two years, uh, I was pretty suicidal. Moved home to my parents, who had moved up to Maryland again, dad's job. So I moved home in 2016, uh, right before my 26th birthday. And uh, it can only be described as like five harrowing years of of losing weight, doing therapy, really just learning how to like discipline myself, like 
brush my teeth and like put on clean clothes every day. I just let go of everything. Taught myself graphic design for a couple years. Didn't really pan out. Uh, and I don't really remember what the impetus was. I mean, I joke and say I was listening to Joe Rogan and said, hey, I'm smarter than him. But the reality is, is I've been listening to him since December 2011. And uh, so before he was ever big, I was listening to him and I was like, this guy's cool. And let me interject here. A yeah. little bit. Well, I was going to say the end of all that is. So I started the yeah, podcast December that's, 2019. That's, that's, that's a great backdrop. <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to pontificate no. here you know, because we're all born for a reason. We come to this earth to gain experience, to go through this journey. I mean, I, I'm 69 and every 10 years I seem to, you know, evolve into somebody different, uh-huh. uh, more mature, whatever, not mature, maybe more uh, centered. Um, but you'll see as you, as you progress through life that uh, things will start to come into focus. And, and uh, forgive me if I say this, but I, I see you, and I'm not trying to butter you up or anything like that, I see you as an unpolished gem, as a national treasure, as somebody who has a lot in store for him that God has put on this earth for something very, very special. Um, and sometimes we, we fall flat on our face. We don't know why we fell flat on our face, but the answer comes soon enough uh, and doors open and windows open and opportunities are laid out before our feet. So just, just, just watch and see. Uh, you keep yourself anchored to God and, and doors will open for you. Now, apart from the United States, have you traveled elsewhere in the world? I have not. Uh, okay. That's one thing I would like to do because I'm very admittedly America, America-centric, <laughs> if you can't tell. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't have guessed. You couldn't have guessed. You couldn't have the background for the last, I think, 760 episodes. What gave oh, it away? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to see some, some Americana here in a bit. But um, uh, how many different occupations or, you know, jobs have you had um like i mean i've 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 never had like a, a serious job always in high school or in college or at, so i mean like working at like a warehouse in high school being a lifeguard okay. being a, a, a bar security guy in college working at you know uh smoothie places doing delivery right. for chinese working at like a big like inflatable bouncy toy place where you have to go set it up for birthday so it's all always it, doing like apartment renovations, just carrying like trash to dumpsters. It's all always been, yeah. it was either gunning for medical yeah. school to be a doctor yeah. or yeah. some random thing just to have cash in my pocket. You know, just, just to give you some, some context here so that we can relate to each other. <laughs> but, you know, my very first job out of high school was a garbage man behind the garbage trucks, dumping, you know, yeah. Cans into the back of the truck. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we have in common is we were both schooled in Catholic schools, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of an unusual, you know, coincidence. And we both had some pre-med experience. I was in pre-med for one year, uh, and and I, I built my own AR-15 too. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> from 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 the the lower, you know, the lower receiver up. But anyway, I I, I want to focus on you. Um, what kind of impact uh, would you like to have on the world? So ultimately what I would like to do is, I mean, there's the kind of the cliche, leave it better than you found it, right? That's kind of a given. Um, obviously I, I love the United States, but I try to just through all the history I've read, I, I've tried to kind of back up, you know, it's like uh you know, what would be like a form of currency, like an NFT? All right, what's been around a little longer than that? Crypto. What's been around a bit longer than that? Fiat. What's been around longer than that? Probably like government bonds. What's behind that? Gold. So you can kind of keep backing up, backing up, backing up till you find like the root. And then obviously gold's not actually worth anything, but you can exchange it for food, water, shelter. So I've tried to like keep backing up. Like what's, what's American dollars wouldn't matter in ancient Egypt. But a, a kilo of gold, hey, they recognize that but, too. But would it trouble you to know that uh, with these precious metals, the um, Federal Reserve has special trading desks that make sure that the prices don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, listen, it's all rigged. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all. Yeah. I know that it's all rigged. 
But the point um, is, is like you can kind of back up to find like that core thing, right? Almost like an atom. You can keep breaking things down until you really get to like a. So, you know, I've I've thought more and more like, what do I, what impact do I want to leave on this world? Or how and would you like to be remembered? You know, I don't really care how I'm remembered. I because remember that's that's in the eyes of people, right? I mean, you, you have know, no ego. Then. No, I do. Oh, I have an ego. We, to say you don't have an ego is this you got an ego <laughs> to have the the ego to say i don't have an ego well, um, well, let me let me put sure. it to you this way yeah, i'm a special case okay uh ever since three years ago i became the paragon of humility and uh, i reached the apex of self-effacement and uh you know just modesty i've had no problems with my ego whatsoever yeah that's a joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I, was, I was like, motherfucker. Um, yeah, no, I, I have, I'm the most humble motherfucker on the planet. I, no one is more humble than me. There isn't a more humble person ever. I'm the humblest. I'm the humblest. But it's, no, I have an ego. But I guess I look at it as like it doesn't really matter how you're remem- remembered because like you can be remembered any it, it can be false. You could be a true like servant of God and do nothing but help people. But as we've seen with just media slandering and fake news and misinformation, you oh, could I be know. the best person in the world and still be re- people could just say you're you're evil. So to me, it, ho- it holds no water. You got to know what you did in this world. You got to know who you are. I know how many times I've bought gifts for friends. I know charity work I've done. Doesn't matter if anybody else knows it. I know. You don't need any patting on the back. No, and- I I know it. I got banned from YouTube. Okay, a hundred years from now, they go, "Oh, he probably was a racist." They don't know about yeah. things I've done, and that's fine. Well, that's another thing we got in common. I got yeah. banned from Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, now my yeah. account was suspended three times from Twitter. Uh, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. No, if you haven't been suspended or banned, you know, banned. Gra- gra- yeah, grab your balls and get suspended and banned because it's a. It's and a- I had uh, and I had Bill death threats too because I uploaded yeah. three hundred and sixty videos on the Mormon fraud. I used to be a Mormon and I discovered the fraud. They admitted the fraud. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. But I had death threats, which were reported to the police. Anyway, what kind of music uh, do you enjoy, Tommy? <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, you know, I don't, I haven't got any death threats, and I can't help but think it's a coincidence. It may not. Sarcastically, I say it has nothing to do with the fact that I've become friends with a bunch of Delta Force and Navy SEALs guys uh, who have always told me, like, "Hey, Tom, we got your back," and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Um, yeah. But to answer what you said about the impact is, you know, you can, let's take America, for example. Like, I want to make sure that we remain like the global hegemon. We, okay, sure. You can have that effect for five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? You can, the Eisenhower interstate system, strategic air command, space force, like you can leave an imprint, but eventually it will be as antiquated as like the horse cavalry. Like, it won't mean anything. So back to, like, the gold, I try to back up, and I'm like, what can I do that will truly be valuable to humanity, you know, over the centuries and millennia? And ultimately, I want to help fund and pioneer uh, medical treatments for for mental health because, well, one, I've lost my brother. I've battled with it myself. Um, but as I've seen through my, my own uses – only four or five times in my life, the ability for psychedelics, mushrooms, and not in some, let's take it and go to a concert. But I'm- This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I mean, take them and you go meditate by yourself and go inwards and ask God to guide you. And you know, hopefully the trip won't be too scary. We'll have mm-hmm. more effect. I mean, I mean, psych, uh, psychologist and you know, psychoanalyst uh, Richard Alpert, a.k.a. Ramdas, who died just the other year, uh, 95. And Tim and his buddy Timothy Leary, you know, from both uh, Harvard, the, I guess, School of Psychology, Psychiatry, when they tried mushrooms, these are Harvard trained physicians. They said they learned more in seven hours about the human psyche than they had in 30 years of studying and doing research. 
I first, when I first tried them, I realized that's how their importance was. And I thought these are being suppressed because they're so powerful. And now after COVID and seeing them suppress early treatment, now I have no doubt in my mind that those are being suppressed. But even if they're not, I think that there are, even if those don't work at all, I think that there is a ton of room for mental health treatment. I don't know if it's all medication based. I don't know if it's therapy based. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's interesting because when I went into pre-med, my goal was to become a psychiatrist. And I interviewed some psychiatrists and they told me, hey, you know what? It's hit and miss with us. We don't know for sure yeah. what the symptoms and we have to give them prescribe some medication. If that works, fine. If it doesn't work, we we'll try something else, you know. It's it's totally hit and miss, and that's why I backed off. I thought it was a little different. It's, but, um, well, I, I was, I was going to say, I've you know, I've just the other week I interviewed like the head of like, was like psychedelics and consciousness studies at uh, Johns Hopkins, and they were talking about like a new wave of like medical treatments is coming that's going to change the face of mental health care. So this is a very long winded way of saying, I want through the podcast to make as much money as I can. And either open a medical school directly aimed at mental health, like making that its real specialty, or trying to pioneer new research. And that's because that will help people, even if America collapses and China takes over, and after China collapses, India takes over, hundreds of years down the road, medical advancements help everybody and it helps alleviate pain, right? The guy who discovered the antiseptic technique and helped surgery, he was British. But that helps you and me if we've ever had surgery. So I want to, to answer your question, I want to help alleviate pain, the pain that I know, mental health, and through my brother, I've lost aunts and uncles and cousins to suicide. I want wow. to help alleviate pain through mental health, and I want that to be my footprint. I don't give a shit if it has my name on it. The ego in me would love to have my name on it. I don't care. I don't care if it helps Americans or if it helps members of Al Qaeda or if it, I don't care. I want to help alleviate mental pain. Okay. So that's just the answer. Zero, <laughs> just, yeah, I got the answer. Just to zero in a little bit here on your brother's uh, predicament, a suicide, were there any warning signs that, that it just suddenly happened? Because it's been eight years, you can't help but start to notice things. And you also don't know if that's just you playing uh, armchair quarterback or Monday right. morning quarterback. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Do you start projecting things because that's otherwise it's chaotic and your mind would much rather it makes sense. You'd rather have something be evil and it makes sense than be chaotic because if it's chaotic, it's just like, what the hell? Versus if you're like, oh, Hitler was evil. It ma makes more sense. Um, I no, yeah, but ultimately I would – and who knows? Maybe me saying no is a way of justifying it so I don't have to feel that burden. I think there were some, and that's just hindsight's twenty twenty. But ultimately he was doing graduate research at Georgia Tech for the Air Force. That's fucking brilliant. Hot as fuck girlfriend. Funny – I mean one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. You're planning to have a future with her? Excuse me? Is there a future? Was he have, planning to have a future with her? Uh, okay, I misunderstood. I thought it was your girlfriend. No, 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 no. He had he had a beautiful girlfriend of like ten years. So I mean, like, really brilliant guy, doing classified research for the Air Force, engineer, jet engine shit, three D printing. He fucking loved it. Beautiful right. girlfriend, who's now a professor. I mean, dude, he he had so many talents and skills that I'm still jealous of. I I don't I don't know. Okay, so it's a mystery within a riddle within it, an It would be so much easier if he just looked back yeah. and said, yeah, there were signs and I ignored it. But right. I, I, I don't. Right. On a personal level, do you, do you feel like um, you would ever want to have a family, you know, get married, have children? Uh... No, but I have the humility to know that I change. In college, if you had ever said you're not going to be a doctor. I would have said, fuck you, watch me. And if you had said, no, I'm from the future, you actually got into medical school and then right. turned it down, I'd say you're high and I'd like to smoke whatever you're smoking because clearly it's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. And one day I got in and then turned it down. Right now, if you told me, 
Tommy, you're just going to leave the podcast because you give up. I'd be like, that's not who I am. I'm not, I, I, I have a backbone and I have balls. I'm going to, I'm going to make this oh. thing work. So because I've been so entrenched in my own mind and then I've just seen it wither away, not wither away, but evolve into something else. As much as I am not interested in the idea of a family right now at 31, in 10 years, I might look back and have 10 kids and be like, yeah, no, that guy's an idiot. Yeah, you look. God guides you through all these yeah, stages. So, you so know, I have the happen. humility to know that I don't know. Yeah. But you know, this is a good segue uh, towards the podcast questions here. Um, I, I envision you sitting, uh, you know, in a studio uh, with George Webb as your sidekick. You know, like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and uh, Ed McMahon. You know what I mean? And the two of you just. Getting into the geopolitics, getting the current events with a huge sense of humor, by the way, that, that you have, and and making it a hit and like a home run. That's that's where I see you now. You probably don't see yourself going there, but um, how how do you go about connecting with such phenomenal roster of notable luminaries and then convince them? To get interviewed by you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you do the black magic? So, well, first, again, it sounds so cliche, but just you approach everyone with respect. Respect. You try to be easygoing. Yeah, I tell them what I tell all the first-time guests. It's not live. I can edit out anything you want. If at any point in the future, for whatever reason, under the sun, you want me to take down the episode, I'll do it. No questions asked. So right from the get-go, you go, this is an ambush journalism, blah, blah, blah. You say who you are. I'm right. Tommy. I graduated. I graduated University of Georgia. Got into medical school. Try to establish, like, hey, I, I do have a, I do have a brain between my ears. And this <laughs> is what do? this is what I'm doing. Um, and what you don't see is 99 percent of requests go unanswered, or you just get a no. So it's also just the shotgun approach. Um, so I don't know what works. Is it just volume, or is it the actual template I send? But it's also there is a huge game, and I've realized this. It's a very like long term game of checkers, and I say that as someone that or not checkers chess, and I'd say that as someone that's never played chess, but I'm just going to use the analogy. Play chess. Like very first episode, I got I just got a friend to come on. We shot the shit, and I did yeah. that just so that the next person wouldn't have to be the first guest. You don't have that thing on your shoulders now. So I got a couple more friends, and once I got to like ten, I just started to go to Reddit and was like, I just it was like when you're playing Monopoly. And you just buy everything you land on. I was like, grab everyone you can. There's a guy at the gym. You used to be a firefighter. Come on the podcast. I don't give a shit what it is. Next guy. Go to Reddit. Hey, I wrote a sci-fi book. I don't give a shit if anybody's read your book. Come on my show. And then you get 20 guests. And then you get 30 guests. And now you start to have this this library of guests. Now I have 25 guests. So now you email someone. You go, hey, I've, I've done 25 episodes. I'm interviewing all sorts of people. They look at it and they go, okay, well, Clearly, you've done a couple, so maybe. Again, the acceptance rate is very, very low. And then you just you just move, and you don't, for me at least, you don't stay in one category. You, fought, you, oh, can't, you can't fake enthusiasm. So if you don't think, I should be covering the Hong Kong protests, you go, man, I'm really interested in Navy radar. That's just what I'm interested in today. Find a guy on R slash Navy. Hey, will you come on and talk about radar or like whatever you can talk about? Yeah, sure. You do that episode. And that enthusiasm, it becomes apparent to people watching. So I've had guys that build the lasers that clean printers used for like beer boxes. But it was fascinating. We talked about all this shit. It was, it was incredible. And then you keep building and building. And then every once in a while, you go from just the grab everything you can to maybe you try to zone in on somebody and like, the first big one was episode 50, Dale Comstock, Delta Force. I've had on 50 guests. I've had on Marines. I've had on drone operators. I've had on, does it work? Yeah, sure, Tommy. I'd love to. Fuck yeah. And you get it on and it works. And then you can do two things from there. One, you can start emailing other Delta Force or tier one operators. Look, I've already had one guy. Yeah, yeah. And other, you go, hey, Dale, do you know anybody cool that I could have on? Yeah, do you want to do you want to talk to my other Green Beret friend? Fuck yeah, I do, and it starts branching off, and then you do 30, 40 more episodes of just okay. kind of grabbing okay. everybody. Okay, episodes. but you had some you had some huge names. You had Doctor Malone, 
you know, Bill, or what's his name, uh, Peter McCullough. You had uh, all kinds of doctors, and they COVID. So, what I'm what I'm explaining is that yeah. just keeps scaling up. Episode right. ninety five, right. Mike Durant, the Black Hawk Down pilot. One hundred and fifty episodes later, big gaps. I say, you know, and then later, but months yeah. pass. Then I got on Charlie Duke, who walked on the moon. I got turned down by Buzz Aldrin, but I got Charlie Duke. Fuck yeah! yeah. And then you just yeah. keep going, and finally. You start small doctors, bigger doctors, bigger doctors, and then you you meet, and this is God opening doors. The least likely person is the person that will always fight. Hey, uh, I know Dr. McCullough. Do you want to have him on? What? Yes, I do. Then you have on Dr. McCullough. And now once you have Dr. McCullough, well, now you start emailing other doctors. I've had on this guy. You get Dr. Malone. Once you bat on Dr. Malone, that's the ace card. Now you can have on any doctor. So if that makes this sense. Is a viable, this is a viable model uh, to monetize your podcast i mean i i don't understand you know if i was to follow that model how i would be monetizing it because uh, there's no advertising yeah. um oh my gosh i've got a, a note here this meeting will end in 10 minutes upgrade now to remove the 40 minute time limit uh, well, uh, you'll you, just you'll just finish the episode and then start a new one okay all right yeah no you're fine uh, i'll send you a new link yeah, after yeah, yeah, that. No. yeah you're good yeah, yeah. and and i'm recording it so i've got it doesn't matter yeah um, okay so, um, uh, but you're asking about monetization. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you're a moron, you'll believe that YouTube's going to monetize you and you'll chase that carrot like a jackass until you, it's like Charlie Brown and the football, which I did. You're like, I just have to get to 4,000 watch hours and a thousand subscribers and then I'll make money on YouTube. Surely they won't censor me because I'm right leaning and love America. And so you, you chase that carrot then eventually you don't get it. Even when you break that mark, you go, how come I'm not monetized? They go, well, it takes about two weeks. Well, no, hey, it's been 12 months since I broke this thing. What's wrong? Eh, we're just going to ban you. Fuck off. All right. So what I did was drawing on, on experience from college. My first year, I was a terrible student. I didn't try. My second year, I started studying a lot. And that's when I decided I wanted to be a doctor. And I was also, I started saving money because I was like, what if this doesn't work out? So I was working at a bar working mm-hmm. really late nights. And I kind of had this like payoff thing where I was like, okay, I'm making money at the bar, maybe like a hundred bucks a weekend, but my grades are suffering. I'm getting B's instead of A's instead of needing that extra little oomph in the, the library to get an A. What if I stopped working at the bar, took out student loans? It's a big risk, but I know myself and I know I will study around the clock. And I'll have to probably take out over the next three years, $30,000 of loans. But if I get in a medical school and become a doctor and have a salary of 500000 it's all going to be worth it. Or I could not take loans, take my $100 a weekend at the bar, not get in a medical school. There's a huge trade-off. So I took that risk, studied around the clock, didn't have to have a job, got in medical school. Now, obviously, I could have repaid all those if I had gone through that. I repaid them just because, well, I'd also been saving and investing. But the point is, is you make a sacrifice. You make a trade-off. 100% of nothing is nothing. A mm-hmm. fraction of a percent of a big amount of money, still, it's a fraction of a big amount of money. So around episode 150, I've been at my parents' house for five years. So I was doing the podcast above their garage on a laptop. Wow. Just screaming into the void. Working at a liquor store. You know, at that wow. point, I had I'd lost a lot of weight. I was sober, did a lot of therapy. And now mom and dad, uh, understandably, were shifting from the, like, let's nurse you back to health to, like, you're a grown-ass man. It's time for you to move out. <laughs> mom and dad want to retire. Yeah, no, no. They're, they're very gracious that they took me in at 26. You're 31. It's like you can't even argue with them. You're like, yeah, I, yeah. I know. So you're working at a liquor store, and it kind of dawns on you. I have people telling me, hey, dude, you're doing great podcast, man. I wish you did more. And it's like, "Ah, fuck, I'm working at this liquor store at 11 p.m. every night, stacking bucks. And then you start to go, what's the trade-off here? What am I making, 300 bucks a week here? Okay. Now, can I take out a loan? No, there's no, no, nobody's giving me podcast loans. Okay. And then this kind of comes from, I genuinely believe, God. I I, I genuinely believe, or whatever you want to call it, the universe, the oneness. Yeah. Which, well, for people that maybe don't believe in God, you can justify it any way you want. Maybe it's just chaos. I put out an episode explaining what I just explained to you about college and working. And it was mm-hmm. like, if there's anybody out there 
that wants to invest in my podcasts, 100% of nothing is nothing. Right now I'm making nothing. I'll give you a chunk of all future revenues if it works out in turn for my parents are going to retire and move up north. I have no place to go. I don't want to work at a liquor store. I'm crazy enough to think the podcast is going to work. If anybody wants to give me a couple years of living expenses, I can fucking do it. I went from a terrible student, three years of student's loans, student loans, three years of living expenses. I went from terrible student to top of my class, top of the national MCAT scores, getting into an incredible medical school. The medical school I got into is responsible for over 50% of all organ transplants in the Western Hemisphere. Like, it's knock, the, knock it out of the fucking park. So I put out a video like that. And about a month later, someone reached out to me. They're like, dude, I love your podcast. And I was like, yeah, man, thanks. And he hadn't seen that video. He had just seen some of the Delta Force ones. It's like, dude, it's fucking great. Turns out he kind of lived somewhat near me. I was like, we should hang out sometime. And I was like, I, I can't, dude. I'm, I'm working nonstop. We're texting and shit. And this guy's like, I don't know, 20 years older than me. And he's like, why don't you put up more? And I was like, oh, fuck, I work at a liquor store, dude. Like, I can't, like. And finally, he asked me, he goes, like, have you ever thought about like investors for your podcast? And I was like, as a matter of fact, and I sent him this video. I go, there's my pitch. And he's like, what did you take your annual growth is a business oriented guy? He's like, what's your, and I was like, dude, I don't know what any of that shit is. I failed calculus three times in college, but this is what I do. And he goes, well, hey, I'm going to tell you, I'm a podcast head. I've listened to Rogan for years. And he goes, I think you've got it. Yeah. Through the grace of God, it, this yeah. guy goes, how much do you need? I'm like, bare minimum, tiny little apartment. I need enough money to go shop at Walmart. I will put out podcasts every day. Okay. He's like, how much do you need? And I was like, I think I can do it in five years. He was like, what about three? And I was like, I'll fucking take it. So I, and he's become one of my best friends. There you go. He's, he's a God-fearing, right-leaning there, American yeah. with, his, with his guns and his wife and yeah. his kids and a fucking there great guy. Go. He loves the podcast. There you go. I pray, Tommy, that, that this route that you're on this path that you're on may get wider and bigger for you because you you have it you have it in you that's your god-given gift Thank you. and uh you have this gentleman now who's backing you uh, and I, I i hope that others may come into the picture you know all you need is a few millionaires who have money to spare uh to put you in a set you know where you you, you can have greater visibility um, I don't know what you prefer. Like, I don't know if you watch Alex Jones or Dell Victory, what layout you like, what platforms you like better, what would be your ideal set. Uh, but, you know, th there, there's ways to do it, you know, with the right people. And if you have some God-fearing people backing you, brother, Godspeed, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much so. He's not, he's definitely not lining my pockets. It's, it's enough no. to survive, and he's, but right. it's good. It's because that keeps you hungry. Um, so there's still, you know, I update him every day. He watches the pot. It, I have full creative license. He'll never say have on this guy or don't have on that guy. Right. Completely hands off. Um, okay, so, so th that clears it for a lot of people who are watching this. Tommy is not an FBI. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. Where do you get the money? <laughs> It's the thing is, is it would be so much more believable if I just said, listen, guys, I'm fucking from Langley. People are like, hold on. You put out an episode and a wealthy guy just reached out to you. And I'm like, I don't know what else to tell you. Well, they're like, how did you get on a guy that walked on the moon while you still lived above your parents garage? And I'm like, trust me, I know how much I look like a CIA asset. <laughs> I wish I was because they'd probably give me better fun. They'd probably get me in with big tech. They'd have me trending on Twitter every day. I think oh, if you were a CIA asset, you wouldn't get banned from YouTube. Maybe they would if you really wanted to make it believable. I wish I was because it would be so much easier. Uh, <laughs> Trust me. It's, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, yeah, it says you got like a minute and a half left if, if you want to. Yeah. You start over. Start over again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. cut it off here. Right. We'll end it. I'll send you a new link right away. All right. So do I got to? Yeah, I got to back out of this then. I'll just end meeting for all. Okay. And then we'll, all right. We'll record. All right. I would fucking be if I was getting like just black ops money from from. Oh. Uh, 
you wouldn't be in the situation you're in. I mean, no, you I'm, might you might be because they might want to make it look realistic and get you banned. True. And you might have more opposition emailing you and threatening you and all that stuff to make it even more realistic. You know? Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think they would. It's kind of like that joke. Uh, you could predict what the Japanese were doing based on like their past tactics. You could predict what the Germans were doing based on like their ethos, but mm-hmm. no one could ever predict what the Americans were doing because even we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> My logic is kind of like you can't plan a counterattack to this podcast because even I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we don't know from one minute to the next what the I hell is going on. I have no idea. I don't schedule. I don't schedule episodes more than like 14 days out. I couldn't tell you what the hell is coming next it's you can't you you know you can't you can't there's no playbook to steal because i don't know what's there, coming and the only playbook i have is the one i openly talk about like i did on this podcast just go on reddit and find people you want to talk to they're like no they're like what's the classified shit i'm like there is no classified shit <laughs> i love it i love it you know this is so fresh you know it's uh, just out of the box spontaneous and that's what people want. They want something fresh, clear, transparent. Oh, hey, uh, also you know, for you, don't forget to start recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> recording in progress. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We're back uh, after a short intermission here. Uh, so, yeah, as we were saying, this is probably the best format for you, Tommy. You know, it's very spontaneous and... Uh, out of the box and people just like to have something fresh you know that's that's not too scripted yeah because when you have if you're with abc nbc cbs cnn they're going to script you they're going to tell you you can't talk about this you can talk about that right yeah to me that's worse than death right right and that's what that's that that's not what america was built on and i also like the fact that uh, you go out of your way to include both sides of an argument. I try, I try my hardest, much to the dismay of my primarily conservative-leaning audience, or at least that's what I think they are. I can't, I can't just go down one side and say, this side good, other side bad, because that is the complete dropping of all intellectual responsibility right right you cannot, no, I understand. you cannot possibly even we're in we're in china then i mean yeah I exactly it's like you know it's like the joke earlier right i'm the mo- i'm the humblest guy in the world you can't possibly even begin to lie to yourself that you are a continually evolving human if you can't go maybe i'm wrong right right and this, this is a perfect segue to get into the uh, list of questions I have for you under the label of Americana. And I'm going to have to make a, a small uh, transition here, you know, changing of the core and everything else, because I, I, I kind of like the red, white, and blue. I don't know if you, <laughs> you noticed, but I have, I have strong sentiments <laughs> about the red, white, and blue. And, um, and um... I don't like be thought of as a Chinese, you know, tool here, you know, because <laughs> that's the last thing I want. There's no way on earth that you can peg me for a Chinese operative, especially not with this sign here. <laughs> and I'm not done yet because what we got here is the and bill. Of Americana. See, now you're going to be accused of being a, a FBI asset. They're going to be like, this guy's trying to. I'm an FBI asset. Yeah, eat your ass up. I'm going. <laughs> That's right. And where's my cup? Oh, yeah, you got to watch out for the cup. Anyway, but uh, I really want to focus in there on, on, on America a little bit. Because... It's it's one of those things that I, 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 I think about a lot. And and I don't know if you guys know, but uh, back in 2016, I ran for president. Just just on a whim, you know? Because I have some ideas. I want to give the power back to the people. 
It's an off by and for the people republic, res publica, from the Latin, affairs of the public. Hmm. So I know it's a little bit over the top here, but uh, I, I believe in overkill, okay? Um, metaphorically speaking, of course, you know, not don't take me out of context. <laughs> Want to get no knocks by the FBI. Flashback. Um, you, you do realize that we're living in very, very interesting times here in the U.S. of A, okay? Today is May 16th, and uh, a lot of you don't know, but you probably know, Tommy, you know, you're clued in. Uh, but today in 1914, May 16th, the American Horseshoe Pitchers Association was formed in Kansas City, Kansas. Okay? This is huge. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and we also have the capital of Texas was dedicated in Austin, 1888. On this day? On this day. Mm-hmm. On this day. So, let's get into Americana here. Uh, the first question I want to ask you is, how much corruption do you think there is in the United States? I think... In, it's a lot like it's a lot like COVID. I'll use the COVID analogy, where we're kind of seeing the the mask fall off, right? We're seeing the coordination between the FDA, the CDC, the mainstream media, the pharmaceutical companies, the bio the bio media pharmaceutical complex, and it's apparent, and you can't deny it. You go, oh wow, and you get censored and shut down. You go, oh wow, and it's terrible. But eventually, We're talking about the military-industrial, congressional, media, pharma, well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, academia I'm, complex. I'm using the biopharmaceutical specifically as, as okay. an example. Okay. You see it and you go, this is terrible. And as terrible as it is, there is some – it sounds contradictory, but there is some redeeming aspect in that you go – I don't think this is new because of COVID. I think this has been around and now we get to see it. It's very different from it just arose. It's now we get to see it. It's on the open. Yes. So, so now, so how does that apply to the United States? I think there's probably an insane amount. I think what we're seeing now, it's not new. And the reason why I try to find the silver lining in that is because, well, if we've lived our whole lives with it, clearly we can keep going. If I've lived 31 years with it, clearly I could do another 31. It's not that it's brand it's brand new. It's intimidating. You go, oh, fuck, it's the end. Versus you go, oh, it's always been this way. Now we know. So that's where my optimism comes in. So to answer your question, oh, I hmm. think the corruption is unimaginable. Think you think uh, you think that it's a case of boiling the frog yes. very slowly over the last hundred years. And uh, I think they kind of fucked up in the last two years, and now the frog realizes it's been being boiled. It doesn't make it any better, but they go, "Hey, at least now we know." Right, right, right. Um, on a scale of one to ten, on the corruption scale, ten being very corrupt, the most corrupt. Uh, how would you rate, let's say, uh, the competition, China, Russia, Ukraine? I look at things as like a, as a gradient, like a membrane, like, um, like when I worked at bars as a security guy, you always knew which bar was, you know, every bar says this is the best bar. Every frat has their, you know, their hangout, Mm -hmm. but there was no denying which one was the best because, like the market decides, the drunk college students decide. And it's the place with the biggest line outside. That's where everyone wants to go in. The place where people are trying to crawl in and sneak in through the back door, that's the best one to go. And then when people are inside and their friends go, let's go to this bar. You go, dude, I've been in line all night and I'm finally in. I'm not leaving. I look at where do people flee to. And as bad as we may think America is, this is still the place that people flee to. So our evils and our problems aren't lessened, but you realize that the rest of the world is even more fucked. So it's, we are, I believe that we are the least evil place. And that's not, that's not too complimentary. 
No. But I still think there is, for all of its flaws, the fact that you and I can have this discussion and we're not being drone striked, that because mm-hmm. I have a podcast where I openly talk against the biopharmaceutical complex, my parents, grandparents, brothers, kids, and grandkids are all thrown in a gulag. The fact that I can do this, that I can right. talk to these people, that's something. It's not perfect. It's well, something. If, if, if you had a chance to go back in time, mm-hmm. in what period of America's history would you have liked to have lived? The one I'm in right now. Okay. Um, if you were given the task, if you were commissioned, let's say, by the founding fathers, this is a big one now, Tommy, to design a political system, given what you know today, to design, let's not call it a political system, let's call it a democracy or a republic that ensured the people's will is heard and fully represented and that the representatives are not cajoled, coerced, blackmailed, bribed by special interests, uh, what kind of a system would you come up with? The only difference, I'm not even saying this as like a joke or a meme, two things. One, I would say, not only do they have the right to bear arms, but any weapon the U.S. government can have, citizens can have, and anyone going, Oh, you think we should have nukes? Hey, the reason why we're at world peace, and we are, since 1945, from the dawn of man until 1945, the total percentage of human deaths of the world population was increasing. It has been decreasing since August 9th, 1945, when we dropped an A-bomb on Nagasaki. And it could have gone up, but it leveled again when in 1949, Beria, the head of the KGB, got the first uh, Soviet A-bomb to go off. It was called Joe One after Joe Stalin. We have been at peace since then. You might not think about it because Korea, Grenada, Vietnam, Desert Storm, War on Terror, War in Iraq, Ukraine. But in terms of percentages, it has been going down since everyone's had a gun to each other's okay. head. So, so to I'm not so not kidding. Yeah. Give even more weapons to the people. I think it's a polite society. That's the only difference Uh, I would make. On a less of a meme answer, I would say there should always be, as opposed to adding states to the United States like we did, I would say part of what's built into us should be that we should always seek to create new states that are independent from the U.S. We should always be trying to create progeny that are independent from us. All right, hear me out, hear me out, because there's a lot of talk about election integrity, okay? And election integrity for me is two sides to the issue. There's the election integrity coming up to the election itself and the counting of the votes, and then there's the election integrity of the representatives being true and faithful to the people, representing the people and not special interests. Because you can have the most honest most well-educated person voted into office and yet the deep state not to be confused with as you call it the deeper state (laughs) the deep state has a way of infiltrating these people and getting them to do their bidding toe the line or guess what see that little video over here of jfk and because of power because of power asymmetry right So what I'm asking is if there was a way to secure the integrity of elections, how would we go about it? Well, because we can't go back in time and and rewrite the Second Amendment, that answer doesn't really matter, right? Because shoulda, coulda, woulda. I would have invested in Amazon, but you did. You know, if it was 1990, I would, but it's not. It's 2022. So what could we do now? I think, and this is kind of what I hope Elon does, and I I don't know if Elon is a good guy or not. I think he is, but I might just be being played. I think what he could do is he's talked about using blockchain technology in Twitter, right? He's talked Mm -hmm. about kind of making it uh, you couldn't couldn't be anonymous. Every account would be verified. And there are problems Mm -hmm. in that because that is that not a digital ID, the fucking World Economic Forum? 
But all nuance aside, I think what he could do, and he couldn't announce it because they'd, they'd prepare for it. Right. I think like two days before the election, in the time between now and then, so May 16th, 2022, and November whatever, 2024, he would slowly roll out like blockchain on Twitter, right? And it would become, and it would and it would exist for two years. And it would they'd kind of get into our psyche. We'd start to understand that like crypto, like, oh, you really can't hack it. Like, oh shit, like, you, this, is, this is real. It would, the bots would slowly, as he's doing now, you'd expose the bots, you'd get rid of the bot swarms, the algorithm suppressing, shadow banning, artificially pushing, artificially pushing down, banning. You'd really start to lay out the framework that like, oh, this really is a free and uh, fair platform that's an accurate representation of everybody. And then what you do is like two days before the election, you'd go, we're going to have blockchain exit polls. Everyone say who you voted for. And when there's 89 million votes for Biden, and then on Twitter it says there's 180 for Trump. Yeah, no, I understand. There's going to be some scratching heads. Now, what does that go to? Does that go to revolution? I hope not. I don't know. I pretty much think that's the only silver bullet left. I think you hit the nail on my head here because it all revolves around blockchain. Uh, Blockchain is it. Uh, now they're talking about a universal currency, digital currency. They yeah, want to roll out. That's based on blockchain. We're going to do away with paper money and just have blockchain yeah. currency. Okay, they know because it can be hacked. Yeah, it's impenetrable. So here's here's my thought. If you, you know, you WEF, um, clan cabal think that blockchain yeah. is the answer, right? Soros and the rest of them. Uh, if you think that's your answer, we think blockchain is also the answer when it comes to elections. Because hear me out. Mm. I hate to be so Americana here, but hear me out. We can go online. We can open up a bank account. We can transact. We can renew our driver's license, our vehicle registration. We can shop on eBay, on Amazon. Uh, we can have, you know, all kinds of verifiable ways to ascertain who we really are, you know, with blockchain technologies. Why not implement that same technology on election day where people can just go online and vote? Well, come on. You and I both know the answer. Because because it would work. Because it would work. Not not, not trying to be all, like, pessimistic, not trying to be edgy. But, I mean, come on, we both know why. It's well, how come we're not using just block? Well, because then if we're not printing fiat money, they can't inflate it. I mean, like, we both know. So, what I I think it has to be a parallel because they'll keep right. You got to have your ID to go to go get your car, to have it certified, to go get alcohol, to go get you want to go buy pepper spray, you want to go do X, Y, and Z. You got you want to go get NyQuil, you got a cold allergy season. Where's your ID? I'm 31. Where's your ID, sir? Well, no problem. I got my ID because everyone has a fucking ID. Even in college, where's your ID? Here's my fake ID. You could manufacture them in college. Absolutely. How come you don't have to have it to show how to vote? Well, because we all know the answer. Because it would work. So what you have to do is use a parallel tech. You have to parallel it. You have to mirror it. Have someone else do. You know, Elon will go, hey, I'm, not, I'm not saying what the elections are. I'm just doing exit polls. And, you know, he could couch it as, I just want to see, who, what do y'all think? Well, look, we've, we've put the ideas out there. And I've also included some of my ideas in my little booklet that I published a few years ago, five years ago. It's called American Reboot. So I'll just put a little link to it here. You can get into it. But the thing is this. There's, there's other aspects of America right now that are topsy-turvy. They're not integral to the American Constitution. For example, we have dual citizens in government. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Why do we have your citizens in government? No, no, you can, I don't think you should be able to have that. It's but again, we know why. It's because it's corrupt. The foxes are watching the hen house. We can't look to them to change it because they're the ones that have kept it in power. All right. It's it's corrupt to the core. We're we're asking the forest fire to put out the forest fire. Yeah, sure, or I'll put fox, it out. Or the foxes in the so what you'd have to do is you'd have to do Elon. You'd have to have someone that could. You'd have to hide it up until the last second because if you said you were doing this, they would plan for it. You'd have to just 
on a whim go. And you have to couch it as, uh, let's show how much better we are at prediction polls than CNN and Fox News are. You'd have to just put it in some harmless way. And then when it comes out that Biden only got 20 million votes, let's say it was in 2020, Trump has 120 and everyone's going, it's not even like it was kind of offense. Well, actually, Biden got 25 and Trump got 115, but they're going, no, Biden got 81. Right. You'd have too many people that would go, right. this can't be certified. What's going on? You'd have protests. Irrespective, irrespective of who wins or loses an election, what you have to have is, is integrity. In- integrity. If That's America wants to vote in AOC and Nancy Pelosi, as much as I don't agree with it, well, fuck, right. it is a democracy and that's what the people want. And and the people get what they deserve. Yes, at the yes end of the day. they do. So that's it. Now, how would you solve the baby formula problem? Because there's uh, <laughs> quite quite a leap, Tommy. If you could go back in time, how would you rewrite the Constitution? And number two, babies need titties. What are you going to do about it? I, the, the shortage right now. <laughs> I I can't even begin to speak on it because I have such a lack of understanding and education and even slightest awareness of it that I think anything I said would just it'd be like asking Nancy Pelosi, uh, what, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the new Xbox? All right, I'll send you a link to the explanation. Okay. I don't want to do it myself because you're a guest and you should be doing the talking. Uh, pandemic lockdowns uh, 2020, what should be done to the controllers, the current controllers, given the lingering effects of the lockdowns on children? You just... There's a there's a quote I like because it applies to are you waving the flag back and forth. There's a quote I like and it kind of comes into play whenever I find myself kind of in like a depressive rut, which doesn't always mean that it's for two years doing drugs and you got to move home to mom and dad. Sometimes it's just you have a bad day and instead of going to the gym the next day, you decide to lay in bed and surprise, you feel even worse the next day and you got to catch yourself sliding. And the quote I like is, if you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you do is stop digging. You don't even have to think about how am I going to get out. You should go, hey, stop digging. Oh, I'm on a three-day bender. I've been drinking beer. Okay. Step one, pour out the rest of the beer. All right. So, I'm gonna, I'm... so how to end it. Step one, just end it. End all, right. all mandates. All right. All right. That's all I got. All right. Um... I'm going to give you a little quote here. This is a, a recent quote, and maybe you can identify the person who spoke these words. Uh, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. This was in a, no, this was actually Joe Biden. Oh. Jesus. Two weeks ago. Oh, oh God. <laughs> And we've got them on tape. I'll send you the link. No, I, I, don't, I don't even need, I believe you. Send it to me just for good, for good practice. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, give, you, I give you one word um, statements here, and you can give me your reaction in, you know, 20, 30 words. We'll go through them really quick. Uh, Biden. Puppet. Okay. Obama. really an operator that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he's good i know trump i'm biased to think he was trying to do the right thing but he could too be controlled opposition so you have a very open mind uh putin He might be doing what he thinks is best for Russia. If he is, he's got terrible PR. He's going too brash about it. I don't know. I think there's a mixture of he is actually trying to restore a Soviet republic and he's doing it at the cost of innocent people. He might be trying to do the right thing. I, okay, think, it's, I think it's probably, I think it's it. probably it. tied into he wants to restore the Russian Federation at all costs. And I'm biased. But I do think he's doing okay. it at the expense of innocent people. Okay, how about uh, Soros? Bitter, a, a bitter, bitter demon who could at any moment stop digging the hole. 
and find God and open his heart. But it's just digging the hole deeper. And I feel bad for him. Okay. Schwab? Klaus Schwab. Puppet. Front man. Okay. Zelensky? CIA asset installed in 2014. All right. Uh, Bennett. Naftali Bennett. Is the um, president of Israel. Anyway, uh, Lav- Mossad, probably Mossad. Uh, Lavrov. Okay. Man, my my total ignorance is is out on display. Okay. Uh, he's he's Russian. I'll, I'll leave it at that. He's upper. And uh, how about Bashiago? You don't know Andrew Bashiago? <laughs> I have no idea. Here I am thinking I know all about the world. And I'm oh, look him up. Pants down right now. Look him up. He's an attorney. He's an attorney. And uh, back in time when he was younger, he was, uh, he, him and his father were working in DARPA for the oh, government. God. And uh, he has time traveled and has been teleported. You may want to interview him. Um, uh, Butler, Smedley Butler, Smedley Butler, (laughs) genuine American hero who realized he had been tricked and admitted that he had been tricked and did his best to correct the course of what he believes the United States is the greatest nation and realized he had been he had the wool pulled over his eyes and at great at great cost to his own ego admitted that he stopped digging the hole he tried how about uh fulnick isn't that a reiner reiner fulnick is that a nazi <laughs> no he is the uh lead attorney and uh this corrupt, he, he's in the covid Crimes Against Humanity lawsuit. He's leading it. He's been leading it for the last two, three years. Uh, I don't know. And uh, you should, you should, you should, should check him these. out. Yeah, it's embarrassing. You should, you should interview this guy. He is absolutely phenomenal. I'll send you a link of him. Um, what is? Uh, uh, here's a quote from him. Okay, in his last tour. Because they have this Crimes Against Humanity tour that are going around the United States. And when he finished his speech, he said, that's why we're going to get these bastards and send them to hell. Okay. So it's hardcore. Hardcore. Get them on your show, please. I'd love to. Um, now, I'll send you some links to his email address. Please do. Yeah, email. please do. Actually, yeah, actually send me an email so I'll remember to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how imminent is a nuclear war, given the political dynamic, geopolitical dynamic right now? No more or less than it has been since 1949. And what that means is, theoretically, it's always 30 minutes away. We got through the Cuban Missile Crisis. We got through 1983, Able Archer. We got through 9-11. We've, We've DEFCON has gotten lower over the years, and it's gone back up. I don't think this is any. Uh, how do you assess China's, say, handling of the COVID situation and also of its ownership of different assets here in the United States? Brilliantly evil. They're incredible right. tacticians. You have to respect uh, your enemy. It's fucking brilliant. Would you say that some of the politicians on the state or national level are aligned with China's interests? Yeah. Okay. Either, either for, and there it'd be, it'd be a, it'd be a whole, it'd be a spectrum. Some would be doing it because it's lining their pockets. Other would be doing it because they are uh, directly complicit and or blackmailed by the CCP. And then the worst ones would be doing it because they just believe in the communist way and think America is the great Satan. And if you think that, uh, I think China is the uh, paragon of civility and civilization with a social credit uh, system, uh, the answer is no. 
I would say yes. I, I would agree to disagree. I do not think it's great. All right, Tommy. I had a lot of fun. Um, I think we should do this maybe you know more often when I'd when love, you feel. I'd, I'd love to do it again. Fun <laughs> as fuck. That was fun as fuck, man. Yeah, I think I've only ever had one person, two people interview me. It's a nice change of pace because I yeah, because you get to open your. It gets me your, completely out of my my comfort zone. I'm like, oh wait, it's. I'm like, fuck. How do I? It's like. See now, if we were both like this in this kind of regalia, talking about Americana, you with your hat. And your flag and your glasses. And I think it'd be funnier if I was dressed as Bin Laden. <laughs> and I was just talking about the importance of social progress and agreeing to disagree while dressed as an absolute radical. <laughs> I was just like, listen, decentralized energy is the future. But just like with a turban on. Uh, well, like, listen, the, like women are the future, as I just have like my like, sickle. And speaking of women, you know, because it's it's getting really, really hot here. Um, uh, my girlfriend let me borrow this in case it gets hot. It's I don't own it. Okay, so <laughs> fair enough. Thank you so much, Tommy. It's been a real honor. I, I'm sincerely saying that it's an honor to meet a soul such as yours that has had the ups and downs. And believe me, I've had my share. But here we are, convening and conversing civilly, uh, without going at each other's throats. Um, I could tell you stories and stories of how I supported Trump back in the day, in 2015, 2016. Sure. How I uh, sent him birthday card. His birthday is June 14th, and how I got off the Trump train because I started realizing, you know, this is this is not going anywhere. And now, especially with the warp speed vaccines, uh, I, think, I don't know, Trumpy. I think, we, I, think, I think we got played. As Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool a man than to convince a man he's been fooled. But as Smedley showed us, if you can admit you've been fooled, it's it's open, it's, it's free travels. You can you can make huge spiritual leaps. I right. think we got fooled. Yeah. So anyway, uh, on we go. Onwards and forwards. God bless America. God bless you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you so much, my man. Take care, dude. Take care. Take Bye -bye. It easy. Peace.